0: Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
3: episode 89 we've got product placement everywhere if you're watching on twitch or on youtube our great sponsors at angel water providing us with some nice cold beverages and uh stacy and tim are trying something else and stacy you want to do the introductions we've got a special guest for all of you watching on youtube and the twitch feed
2: well you know what twitch bulls nation america it's good to be back first of all mark i missed you guys okay that's hey, we first, miss you too. That's the first thing that should have been said out of your mouth is welcome back. Okay, I see where the love is. I just like, well, he didn't mention I'm just, my name, I'm so I thought the love. <laughs> I'm just an old boot, America. I was at home for the last two weeks rep- uh, repairing my hip, and I come back and no one missed me. And then I get next to this guy, Timmy Whispers, right here <laughs> to my left. He wasn't here last week either. No, he wasn't here. He hasn't been here all year.
0: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up to 22 words whor- whor- so far this year. And so, You've already set
2: a record. Yeah, he's already set it. A- and listen, I have not seen Timmy Whispers this animated all season long. Okay, so today we got a special guest. I have my son Eric, my oldest son, is sitting in, and uh, he's uh, just going to observe and occasionally say something. And if he doesn't say anything stupid, I we'll have to get that dog collar and shock him. You know, he's already got it in his pocket, so if he does anything I don't like, I'm just gonna shock him. And he wow. knows he did something wrong. So, Eric, say hello to the to America.
4: Hey, America, glad to be here. Got three hour notice. So, uh. oh, Jesus, okay, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll okay. help him out. Okay, over okay. Here. first of all, first of all, who, whose kid is that?
2: Okay, you <laughs> get a personality, man. You're like, this is like a loaf of white bread. Come on, you're um, a king, get, get excited. I'll, I'll warm up, I'll warm up. All right, thank you. You must be on your mother's side. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Woo. So, Eric, how tough is it to take care of the dogs when Stacy gives you that duty? It's every day, every minute. Take the dogs
4: out, and they're, they're sitting on the floor. Can we stop? <laughs> no, you know, you don't, don't tell them what we're <laughs> doing. Don't tell them what they're doing. Don't give yeah. all the insight. Uh, they're not potty trained and stuff like that, so it's tough. But, you know, I'm used to it. Yeah. It's,
2: yeah. it's work. Yeah. Well, America, sounds like a personal problem, okay? <laughs> First of all, I will say this about my son, Eric. If it wouldn't been for him, these last couple of weeks when I've been recovering from my hip surgery, he has been a trooper. He has done everything I've asked him to do. He's, he comes in, he helps. You know, he just does so many things that made my life a lot easier and and really helped my recovery. So,
0: didn't he call him Nurse Ratchet last week, Mark?
2: Who called Nurse Ratchet? I think he was referring to somebody else. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh hey, yeah, yeah. my bad. Hey, first of all, don't try to come between me and my son, okay? All right? No, this is why the Beatles broke up, okay? There's always somebody. You're the Yoko one of this group, all right? But he, he does a great job, Mark. I'm not talking to Tim right now. I'm only addressing you, Mark. Uh, he does a great job, and, and I tell you what, it'd been really tough if he wouldn't have been there to help out. So kudos to you, Eric. Your check's in the mail. I, I take that back. You're not getting paid, so uh, you're my son. It's free. I'm here for the people. Yeah, he's here for he, the people. So is Kobe
3: still trying to beat up on Brixton and eat his food and all that stuff?
2: <laughs> you know, Kobe's the alpha, but he
4: kind of...
3: You're takes talking time. to Mike.
2: You're talking to Mike. Are you talking to <laughs> your beard? Who am I <laughs> supposed to be looking at the camera? Yo, no, no it's just look at us. Don't worry he's about, saying, the, yeah, camera. Don't worry about no, the camera. Don't worry about the camera. No, Kobe's the alpha,
4: but he takes it easy on uh, Brixton. That's yeah. good. Brixton got his leg broken when he was little, so... We remember yeah, that. He was in here with a cast. He hasn't been the same since then, so... okay this is a sad moment (laughs)
2: jesus (laughs) way to to bring the mood of the show down here
3: (laughs) hey let's talk some basketball let's let's move on bring it back up mark come on hey the bulls finished summer league with a four and one record Uh, we saw some good things along the way marco simonovich made the second team for the all-rookie team out in las vegas and he showed some growth. He put on 25 pounds of, of muscle, and I, I thought that he looked more comfortable with the ball, better passing out of the post. But the reality of it is, you got Vucevic, you got Andre Drummond ahead of him. It looks like he's going to be spending a lot of time in the G League again this year.
2: Well, I mean, listen, I mean, it was very encouraging seeing him play in the summer league and seeing that he has improved. He's gotten bigger. He's, he was much more aggressive. It seemed like he realized, like, hey, I'm better than some of these guys out here. And you can tell, um, I think the biggest problem with Marco is, is he's going to have to to get the coaches' trust. You know, Billy's going to have to he's going to have to work hard in training camp. He's going to have to play really well in the preseason because that's the time you really don't play your veterans a lot during the preseason. Um, it's hard to gauge how how good he actually is going to be because he was in a summer league with you know first and second year <laughs> players. And, of course, he's going to be a little bit better than incoming rookies because this is year two for him. But now where the test for him is is can he put that together when the season starts, when he goes into the preseason, when he's battling against NBA talent, the guys who have been there three, four, five, six, seven years. And he's got to win the trust of the coaching staff. That's the number one thing. He can't get hurt, can't play soft, and he's got to come out there with a chip on his shoulder to show the coaches that, hey, I can play not only some from so five, I can swing to play four because I'm versatile enough on the floor where I can you know, pick and pop and shoot. If you wanna go with a lineup, you bring him and Drummond in at the same time. Drummond's your rebounder, your tough guy, you know, your, your rim protector. Uh, I think Marco's got a chance to play, but it's gonna be up to him. He's gotta win it over, he's gotta win the coaches over.
3: Yeah, watching Marco play in the G League, I call a bunch of his games and he thinks, <laughs> like a lot of seven photos, he thinks he's a guard. And a lot of times they'll get that rebound. he will try to go behind the back and throw a no-look pass, and then you get in trouble. I think in, during the summer league, he kind of stayed in his lane. He shot some threes. He's got a decent shooting form. But I think when you're seven feet tall, use that to your advantage and don't try to be
2: something you're not. Well, Mark, this is the way the NBA is now. I mean, yeah. seven-footers now, yeah. are they want to be guards. They want to be wing players. They want to shoot three-point. I mean, look at Vooch. You know, Vuce used to be, you know, when his early part of his career, when he started in Philadelphia and then got traded to Orlando, he was one of the best back to the basket guys in the NBA. And then with the game evolving into three point shooting. The big guys are like dinosaurs. You know, you saw you saw the meteorites come down and <laughs> you know, some of the dinosaurs are gonna survive, some of them don't. And the way you survive is to change your game, change the mentality of the way you think. And he was one of the guys that were able to change the way he plays. And he became a very good three-point shooter for a big guy, very good three-point shooter. You look at a guy like Brook Lopez, who's always been a back to the basket guy, but had decent range from you know fifteen to eighteen feet. He had to expand his game to be effective. So um, I tell you what, man, I, I, give, I give Vooch a lot of credit. I think this year you're going to get the best, best Vooch, you know, because it's a contract year. Um, you know he's playing for this probably his last big contract. and he, I think he recognizes that. I think his name's going to come up in a lot of trade rumors by, by the trade deadline. And if he's the reason why the Bulls are number one or two in the Eastern Conference, that's going to be hard for anybody to pull the trigger, you know, as far as the Bulls doing, pulling a trigger on a guy who now uh, this team is playing at a high level. They're, they're playing just as good as they did when they had all the players last year when they got off to a great start. It's going to be hard to, to, as the front office saying, oh, we're going to move this guy for, you know, some draft picks. You might have taken a championship caliber guy off your team with the way he's playing
3: you mentioned the injury factor earlier, and there was an uh-oh moment in the last summer league game. Dale and Terry slipped on a wet spot, and he grabbed for his knee, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We're not going to have another major knee injury. Turned out it was just a hamstring strain. They held him out the rest of the game. The reports a couple days afterwards are, he's fine. He's already back working out. But i tell you what, for a second there, I'm thinking, don't tell me we're going to have another serious injury.
2: Well, Mark, <clears throat> let me just say this. America. We were looking for the voodoo person again because we thought we thought we Where had we thought we had got the voodoo person who was putting all the bad luck on the bulls. We thought we'd taken care of him at the end of the year, and so all of a sudden now I don't know somebody else grabbed the voodoo doll and I saw that same thing and I was like, come on man, yeah, come on man. And yeah. the thing about him is, is that you know we talked about this. Mark is like, yeah, he he played really well towards the end of summer league because I think he realized like these guys are going to come at you no matter what. So, you got to just play within yourself and do the things that you're comfortable and capable of doing. The kid's got great size, six foot seven, seven foot one wingspan. He can play the one, two, or three. Um, so, that makes him that much more valuable to the Bulls. Um, and I think once he slowed down a little bit and stopped pressing, because a lot of times you, I was there too. I was the same way. When you're at Summer League and you watch a kid that got drafted, same class as you, put up 25 and you only got nine or 10, that puts a little pressure on you. So I think he was scoreboard watching, and that's the reason why I think you saw him kind of play a little bit out of control early. But at the end, he started to show why he was a first-round pick.
3: Yeah, he was much better in games three and four. He cut down on his turnovers. He went to the basket. He got to the free-throw line. You saw a lot of things that why the front office was encouraged in taking Dale and Terry number one. Whispers, what was your favorite moment from Summer League?
0: Well, just the rankings, the fact that he was number 11 in the ESPN's top 20.
3: Wow, he did his research. Wow. The show.
2: I'm impressed. Yeah. I didn't even know if he was awake. <laughs> was like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times the Bulls, you didn't well, know when they were playing. Well, like you, uh, you had to really like search yeah. the, you know. Yeah, but
0: some of the guys ahead of him on that list only played one game. And so if you look at then the content, where does he really sit in there? Could he be number six, number five?
3: And he's not going to be a scorer initially. I mean, his his purpose is to play defense mm-hmm. and, and play limited minutes. Remember when Jimmy Butler got here under Tibbs, he didn't play at all his rookie year. So Dale and Terry will get some minutes, but he's not hey, going to be a key Let part me tell you that.
2: something. Hey, you saw those kids last year. uh, Jones kid from New Orleans. Uh, You know, all these kids who came in that that got minutes that weren't expected to get minutes. If this kid comes out there and has the mindset of, I'm not out there to score. What I'm out there to do is play defense, uh, knock down timely shots, push the ball in transition, move without the basketball. He can find himself in the rotation. It's the same thing that we saw with Io. Io didn't right. play a lot in the preseason. Everybody was like, why is he not playing? Why is he not playing? Well, the Bulls were heavy at the guard position. And it took a couple of times where, you know, when the regular season started and, and you know, Billy knows what kind of defensive player Io was. And then you start saying, okay, we're getting killed at the top of the circle. Let's put this kid in. And then once Io got into the lineup, he knew defense was going to be his calling card. And he focused on that. And that's how he got in the lineup. And I see the same thing with Terry because – I think he's going to be in a little bit better position than Io was because the simple fact he can play three positions. It's not just he's a point guard; he can play the one, two, or three. So that makes him a little bit more valuable than Io was last year going into his rookie year. Not taking anything away from Io; Io made the second all second team all rookie, and we all know Io was a first round talent. But this kid was a first round a draft pick. He he's six foot seven. He's not six two. He's six foot seven. Legit seven one seven two wingspan and he plays multiple positions. So he is that much more valuable per se than what Iowa was last year before he started getting off. You
3: know, I think might get a chance to get, earn some minutes in camp is Justin Lewis, the kid that they signed after the draft. He looked really good in summer league. He's got an NBA body, he's ready to go. He signed to a two-way contract, which means he can only play a maximum of 50 NBA games, but there's no, no law that says you can't convert that to a standard deal if, if he shows in the preseason That he can be a part of the rotation well
2: you know what the one thing i liked about him mark he just goes about his business you know he doesn't go out he's not flashy you know he's not beating his chest he's not doing any of that stuff he's going out there and he understands i gotta play i'm gonna be a two-way player he has the ability to be a nice player in this league you know not just a not just a like you know a fringe role player a guy that's making a contribution to a winning team, you know he makes winning plays. He rebounds the basketball. He's tough-minded. Um, he plays under control. Plays at his own pace. Uh, he doesn't back down from challenges. I saw him guard a couple of guys out there that were, you know, first-round talents last year, and and you saw him get over screens. He fought over screens. And those are the things that a coaching staff looks for when you're looking at young players, you know, because a lot of times these guys come in this league mark and they're, they're more offensive minded, you know, they're ready to play offensively in the NBA game, but defensively, they're not able to play at all. And that's why you see a lot of guys not getting a lot of minutes unless their team is down by a lot of points. And this is why IO got to play. This is why guys like Taj Gibson got to play his rookie year. Uh, you know, second round pick comes out there. He's defensive, ready to play. Jimmy Butler even though he only played eight minutes a game his rookie year, he was a guy that you said you can put him out there. He's NBA-ready to play defensively. And I think that's how guys like Lewis and and you know, and, and Terry, they're going to have an opportunity because they're defensive-ready, NBA defensive-ready.
3: If you're a regular listener of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, and really why aren't you if you're not, make sure to what? like and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Stacey always gets the best guests. He's got all the connections around the league we had Zach Lowe on during the season. and yes. He had a lot of things to say about the Bulls, some very complimentary things. Well, Zach, in his latest podcast, which came out a couple of days ago, the Low Post podcast, he had Chicago-based Chris Herring on to talk about the Bulls. And Zach wasn't real positive about the Bulls offseason. He thought that after the Bulls finished sixth in the East last year, did a lot of great things. He thought they'd be really aggressive and trying to go out and spend some money and try to improve their depth as you can see if you're watching on twitch or youtube there's some one of the quotes uh said the bulls are a lukewarm team outside of the discourse of among the contenders in the eastern conference he felt like the bulls had a golden opportunity to make some big moves during the offseason now they didn't have cap space but he thought maybe you could make a trade bring in a guy that could really help you with your bench and he he felt like the bulls missed an opportunity to keep themselves among the top four or five teams in the East?
2: Well, I I think his point was basically with the way this team jailed so early last year and they were one of the top teams all the way up till probably 65 games into the season when the injuries and the sicknesses started taking control. And then the year that DeMar DeRozan had, you know, Zach Levine, two all-stars, you know, and then figuring that you're going to get Lonzo Ball back healthy this year. Okay, then you go out and get and you get Dragic, you got an opportunity to, to be better. But I think what he was saying is like, hey, you're right there, you know, the East is not scary, you know, go out and spend some money, put, put a team together that at least you can say has an opportunity to win. And that's one thing about when you start, you know, listening to like I respect Zach Lowe. Oh, absolutely, I, I, yeah. he's one of the yeah. few guys that I listen to. That I I listen to him religiously because he knows what he's talking about. But there are some other guys out there, you know, Bleacher Report, um, some other people, <laughs> you know, that um, that I, I don't really I don't really think they know what they're talking about. I mean, when you when you can rank the Bulls 18th, you know, in all the teams coming back this year, it's 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 a shame. But back to Zach's point. When you start looking at the top seven or eight, nine teams in the league that are over the cap, every one of those teams are going to have a chance to, and this is what he was saying, every one of those teams are over the cap, are going to have a chance to win a championship, the Clippers, Golden State, uh, Boston, uh, there's a whole handful of those teams and they didn't and even... One of the teams that's left out of there that's under the cap was, uh, was Memphis and Memphis has a chance to win just off base off of talent. And they didn't have to spend a lot of money because they got a lot of their guys still in the rookie contract. So they, they're not on there yet, but in another year or so, you're going to see the Memphis Grizzlies right up there with those teams trying to overspend to win a championship. So um, I, I understand where he's coming from. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like, okay, what moves do you make? Like, I mean, you know, we're, this team is not in position because we don't really have a lot of assets. So that means you're going to have to get rid of guys on your team to, go, to even be in the conversation to get uh, a guy like Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. There's really not a lot of play out there. I mean, you, you, you make a deal with L.A. to get, you know, to bring Russell Westbrook. How does that help the Bulls, you know? Right. So there's really, and I understand where he's coming from, Mark, but there's really not, there wasn't really a knot of opportunity for the Bulls to really overspend. So why why overspend when you're not going to get quality back and then you're going you're basically getting rid of half your team? Because in order to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have to put DeMar DeRozan in the package. You're going to have to put Patrick Williams in the package. Uh, maybe even Zach Levine, I mean, to match up the money. So we lose everybody and get one player. Now we're right back into that same position right now as we're rebuilding.
3: One point I thought was really good that, that he and Chris Herring made is the fact that The Bulls made all these moves. They traded two first-round picks and Wendell Carter to bring in Vooch. They traded a first-round draft pick to the San Antonio Spurs to bring in DeRozan. And the window is kind of small because both Vooch and DeRozan are in their 30s. And the point that that Zach and, and Chris Herring made was that, okay, so you trade all these draft picks to bring in these veterans, and your window, as you mentioned, Vooch is in a contract year. DeRozan's got two more years left. So your window could be two years. You know and you gave up all these assets and I think that's why he felt like if you're going to go that far push all your chips to the center and, and bring in a guy who can really make an impact
2: but even though mark I mean you're still going to have to you're going to have to gut your roster to be able to get that kind of player that's going to make a difference I mean Kevin Durant's not coming for free you can't trade, you can't trade a bag of Doritos a year supply of Doritos for him you're going to have to give up Patrick Williams, you're going to have to either throw in Zach Levine or DeRozan in that package. You may have to give up Io DeSumo. You may have to give up a lot of different things. Maybe even some first round picks to get him. Future first round picks to be able to get him. Then you find yourself in a situation again where you're in a rebuild, and then the star player that you bring here is like, well, dang, I was I was on a better team in Brooklyn, you know. So now I want to be now I want to be traded, you know. So at the end of the day, when you look at the moves that they made. To get to where they are right now, they put all their chips in. They they went out and got Vuce. They went out and did what they could to get Demar Derozan. They went out and got All-Star caliber players back. Maybe in people's eyes, a year too too soon, you know. Maybe maybe a year too soon, two years too soon. But they did that. They did that. You know to get those guys. So you know, kudos to them. You, they can't do it every year. <laughs> That's just the way it is.
3: They only spent a fraction of their mid-level though to bring yeah yeah that, you know to stay under the tax
2: yeah you know listen that was that i don't understand that move because I, I think there was uh they had that uh tice uh trade exception trade that exception that, used, that, yeah. that, that was expired. five million dollars and you know they they were trying to get bomba they were trying to get all these young players and you know for whatever reason those guys went elsewhere you know we
3: see a move they could make you know indiana's blowing their thing up trying to get buddy Heal in here a shooter off the bench i know he's making a lot of money but, but those are the kind of moves that teams that are really trying to win a championship, you bring in a guy who can be a, a dynamite sixth man who could really make a difference on your squad.
2: But what at what cost? You know, what, what would a Buddy Heald, what would take you know, Indiana to make a trade for a guy like Buddy Hill with the Bulls? What could we offer them without giving up something that we believe is, is important for us to win? You know what I'm saying? So you, yeah, got, you he, got to match
3: up. It would have to be like Kobe White, the Portland pick, and something else to match. Yeah, gallery. and
2: and then you got to ask yourself then. I mean, you know, yeah, Buddy Hill is a great three-point shooter, one of the best in the game. You know, that helps us. And he's from Oklahoma. Yeah, he's from Oklahoma. <laughs> and a former guest. Yes, and he's a former guest. That's right. Only the best guest. And he didn't only get, his only hot, and guests, he yeah. get his hot sauce. I just want to throw that out there. And that's not my fault. the hot, hot sauce, sauce packer. packer. <laughs> the hot sauce packer didn't do his job. He's not packing enough back there, baby. Wow. Wow. Okay.
0: So, <laughs> so, get on the tracking number. See, Eric, that's the kind no of stuff have
2: gotta add. That wow thing. That wow. That's, that's yeah. really,
3: really adds yeah. a lot to the show. That's all oh, I sauce have. Is good though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. There you here. go. Yeah, testimonial. Wait a minute. What? I didn't
4: hear. The, did we have a testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you say about the hot sauce, yeah, son? The level three ones are my favorite. And, and even,
3: is it packed? Is like it packed well?
0: Those. Was yours packed well? No. Did bad. you get a man card yeah. and
3: a sticker?
4: So you like? You
2: like? you like the original red? The level three, or whatever, the non-spicy one.
4: Okay. It's still okay. spicy, but. Yeah, he like
2: he he likes the original red sauce, uh, America. And uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, it is on fire. It is. <laughs> I've heard from I've heard from Ari Spears. Ari Spears has asked me and Tim to ship him in a patent leather box. Yeah, in a patent leather box <laughs> and a whip. <laughs> I didn't know what the whip was for, but hey, if that's, that's what a whole different t- conversation, the whole, it's
0: no, a, none hey, of my
2: business. Uh, Kendra what? <laughs> Another former We're guest. We're dropping all kinds of <laughs> names of former guests. <laughs> Who's that? Oh wow! Oh, come like, on, like, huh? come on like you don't know, like you don't know. He's one of the main people asking about when is she coming back on? Do you have Do you have what? access to her only her OnlyFans channel? You know, if you go back over right the right library out.
3: of uh, Give Me the Hot Sauce episodes, that's the one that continues to grow every week. Oh,
2: mama! Just like Tim, yeah, Tim. Tim continues to grow, not in the right areas, America. Just like whispers, gotta yeah, be careful with that. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey buddy what's going on down there hey buddy? we got
3: jalen brunson waiting in the uh, sriracha <laughs> oh, yeah. waiting room oh. but before we bring jalen in we'll, let's quickly talk Hi. about the central division because oh, yes. you look at the pistons getting jaden Ivey, uh cleveland added ochai Abaji from kansas who you know was the most outstanding player in the ncaa tournament there's some young teams that are on the rise and so people are wondering can the bulls stay in the top six well they get them teams nipping at their heels in their own division
2: Well, listen, the Central Division is going to be a beast. Okay, Milwaukee's Milwaukee. The Bulls finished second last year. Those are going to be your two top teams. Cleveland was right under the Bulls, nipping at their heels. No one expected either the Bulls or Cleveland to be in that situation anyway. Okay, the only team that really that everybody expected was Milwaukee. And after that, everybody else was under 500, Mm -hmm. not even a factor. But Cleveland, the Bulls got off to such a great start. Remember in the preseason when the Bulls beat uh, Cleveland by about 40? Yeah. And everybody's like, man. you know, it's the first game of the year. They, they killed them. And then all of a sudden, Cleveland's one of the best teams in the league. They, As long as Darius Gardner is there and they just signed Ricky Rubio, um, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Kevin Love, but he has to be back because I thought Kevin Love played a great role coming off the bench for them. Um, but they're going to be a team to watch. The Bulls, Milwaukee, and the Cleveland are the top three teams. The other teams in the Central Division – Detroit's going to be fun to watch. Detroit. With Ivy and Cade Cunningham. Detroit in about three years. If they're patient with Dwayne Casey and allow him to teach these kids and get them to play in the way they need to play, they're going to be scary. (laughs)
3: They're going to be good.
2: And then Indiana's Indiana. Indiana.
3: Well, they're looking to blow it up. Uh, And and you uh, might be able to get a guy from that team. You know, Miles Turner still could be traded. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're a team that's looking to sell off. And, and yeah. I'll be fascinated to see where Buddy Heal winds up. I don't think he's going to start the season. Well, yet. let me
2: yeah. just tell you this, America. If they're having a garage sale up in Indianapolis, we need to be there. The Bulls right. need to be up there. <laughs> There's some pieces, if they have, yeah. Yeah, if, they, if they're selling, buy one, get two free, we need to be up there. Because uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, the Lakers are, are really pushing to try to get Buddy Heal. Yeah, they are. You know, I don't know what they have to give up. I mean, every time you hear a trade rumor, you know, it's almost like they're trying to give Russell Westbrook away. Listen, they're, they're telling teams, you know, Rob Polinka's is telling teams, listen, we'll buy we'll take 95% of his contract, just take him. And the team's like, yeah. but we'll still have to play 5% of it. Yeah, no. but those guys got
3: together on the phone. They smoothed it over. They're good. Right. LeBron and AD and Westbrook? No. no, no. Not buying that. Eh? No,
2: I don't. I think, <laughs> I think Russell Westbrook's feelings have been hurt. Yeah. You know, um, I saw in the Drew League. Oh, speaking of the Drew League, America. Did you not see DeMar DeRozan? Oh, that was nice. Just giving out buckets.
3: Yeah.
2: DeMar DeRozan was, like, he was playing last year. He was like, I mean, he was, and then he had one guy that Patrick, <laughs> <The> Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Beverly looked like. The yeah, Patrick Beverly. The Patrick Beverly wannabe. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Beverly in 20 years. You know, little, yeah. they look like somebody's dad out there with a dead body. <laughs> He's out there trying to make a name for himself. He's out there trying to body up my boy Debo and got his butt handed to him. He gets clapping in his face, talking trash, and Devo, you know, Devo, letting him know, he was yeah. letting him know, this is my house, and you got to remember, it was in Compton. Yeah. So that's it. That's not. That's not a. That's not a good place to be trying to talk <laughs> trash to someone who was born and raised in Compton's in the house. <laughs> so yeah, it was great seeing uh, Demar uh, play well. And he had and a pretty I, good
3: power forward on his team. Oh too. man,
2: man, I'll tell you what, Let's, uh, we need, we, need, we might need to we might need to, to test LeBron James, man. Seriously, LeBron James is like 60 years old, running around like he's <laughs> 20. Some of the things, no, seriously, I'm, I'm amazed because when you go back and look at the history of the NBA game, okay, yeah. as great as Kareem was, as great as Magic, Michael, uh, Larry Bird, those guys after a certain period of their career are on a decline, okay? As much as you, you know, we hold Michael as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Michael, towards the last two, three years of his career, especially in the Wizards uniform, was not the same Michael. Okay. You look at LeBron James, what is he? What is he, 34?
3: No, no, he's almost 38.
2: Oh, that even that even a new <laughs> light on the situation. I mean, unless, unless he got a, a year supply of Geritol, how in the world if, him TV and Tom 12. Brady. Him and Tom yeah, Brady. Him and Tom Brady, I'm telling you, man, it just it is they're just blessed by God. Yeah. Or they're drinking some some kind of T V twelve <laughs> juice. So what, what is, is a Jordan,
0: Jordan missed seven games during his career? Without the foot, I'm yeah. eliminate yeah. that. How many has LeBron taking a pass on? Just been recently.
3: He,
4: yeah. yeah, he's been hurt a lot more recently.
0: No, but time management, I'm talking about that, not from being hurt. If you eliminate yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was a huge. MJ wouldn't sit out for
3: no.
2: that. No, no. But but I'm 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 just telling you, America. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying it's just it's almost to me after seeing all these players and playing against all these guys and seeing I came in with Larry Bird's last year. And and Mikhail, they could barely walk. Like seriously, they were so much in pain, backs, knees. Um, and to see LeBron James be doing this getting close to 40, you know, out flying, jumping, it's like, how? Like, how are you physically able to do that? Now, granted, he spends two million dollars a year Peptides. on on you know, massages and and the and the and his nutritionists and all his own personal people. I give him credit but to see him doing what he's doing at this age and then still holding on to his son comes in.
3: His yeah. son, I think Oh, his he'll, son, he'll play yeah, with Yeah, he's going to play with his yeah, son. there's no question.
2: And so whoever drafts his son, And it's there's going to be a yeah. whole suit of people. <laughs> he, he, he may not even be a lottery pick. Yeah. They, they may have him rated number 35, he'll but he will be the number high. one pick. Yeah. The number one pick is Bronny James. <laughs> and we just found out, wait a minute, the Lakers have just traded LeBron to wherever <laughs> to play with Bronny. Yeah,
3: yeah, that'll be a story. Oh, no my question goodness. about it. Hey, if you're an NBA executive, though, you're watching that Drew League tape, and they were in a junior high gym, and the fans are right up
2: against the end like line. I'm like, it. oh, my God. If like somebody it. gets hurt, though, flying you know, into the crowd. I'm telling you, though, that's how it used to be, Mark. That's how it used to be back in the day, man. When you played, you know, in summer league games, the fans are right up on your, you know. Yeah, but you land on you know. somebody's foot. Hey, it. listen, if you land up on somebody's foot, you know, hey, it this it happens, Mark. When you're a street ball player, that's <laughs> it's how like it Rucker is. Park, right? Yeah, it's a street <laughs> ball, man. You don't you don't think of that. But NBA executives do. Oh, yeah. They, you know, you come down somebody's foot and tear your knee up like that. And the Drew League should do something about that to be honest with you. If you want, you know, star players to come, yeah. um, you do have to clear off the least the in line so the people can run and jump and stuff because they're so big and powerful. I mean, there was a dunk LeBron did coming down the middle of the floor on, and one guy, this little white kid, like six, 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 seven, he made an executive decision to get the hell out of the way. As <laughs> soon as he jumped and as soon as he saw LeBron jump and he, he just looked and he's like, this is not going to end well. Yeah. And he pulled them little arms down like a T-Rex and then just this totally floated away out the picture. But he was yeah. in the poster, though. He was in the poster.
3: Well, one guy who didn't make it down to the Drew League was Jalen Brunson. He was busy signing a hundred and money, six,
2: money, 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 six
3: million money. dollar contract with money. the New, New York Knicks, the pride <laughs> of Stevenson High School. Jalen Brunson Patriots. joins us next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. But first, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, our buddy Jeff Vukovich. When it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure to contact the king of insurance. That's Jeff Vukovich at jeffvuk.com jeffvuk.com and stacy you remember
2: nationwide is on your <laughs> side Woo!
3: Woo! he's America. out of the house he's in good spirits <sighs> he's got, you, got the angel
0: water coursing through his veins But we gotta ask you e what he thinks of that
3: I'm used to it <laughs> I'm you know Family's what? always Your toughest critic
2: Stacey. You know what Listen It's a long ride Back home To where we live He's to be A little bit more Supportive of his pops Okay I'm giving him a time I'm put him on the air Right I now I didn't say you are yeah. bad Okay Alright Here's okay.
0: the warm ups In the shower
2: Jalen Brunson Next Okay you're, give done. Me the you're, out. you're out You're out You're done Tim. You're done Here's the needle
3: It is now our pleasure to welcome in a very special guest on Gimme the Hot Sauce. It is Jalen Brunson, who of course led Stevenson High School to a state championship. Illinois Mr. Basketball won a couple of national titles at Villanova and this past year helped the Dallas Mavericks reach the Western Conference Finals. Jalen, thank you for joining us. What has this last month been like for you? Last couple of months, actually, you had the fantastic series against Utah. You helped Dallas make it to the Western Conference Finals. And then free agency starts, and you get a, a very nice contract offer from the New York Knicks. Kind of summarize what the last couple of months have been like for you.
1: Um, they've been, it's been crazy. Uh, it's been uh, definitely a great problem to have. So, um, I mean, I'm really enjoying you know, going through this experience. Um uh, just, it's been a lot. And I think the best word about it is that um, within all of this, I haven't really changed as a person. I don't really plan on it. So um, I, like the, I like the way that uh, that feeling is um, keeping me humble and all, all the things like that. So um, it's been crazy, but, um, you know, I'm still me.
2: <laughs> talk a little bit, talk a little bit, Jalen, about how difficult a decision was to leave Dallas with especially be- you being... Obviously, the second option, and worked your way into that role, and playing alongside Luca. How difficult was it to leave lo- to leave that situation in free agency?
1: Yeah, it was very difficult. Um, Dallas is a place, but um, she took a chance on me, um, a place that's very uh, near and dear to my heart, and um, I could never really show my gratitude for how I feel about that that city, that organization, that fan base. Um, uh, they really um, welcomed me with open arms, and um, they really praised me when I was playing well, and they really criticized me when I, I wasn't, and they really kind of pushed me to play, you know, better consistently. And um, it's uh, it's it was a great great four years, something that I could never now, mm-hmm. now regret or kind of hold like any grudge or anything like that. It just it was a, a place that I mean. I called home in a place I loved.
3: Jalen, obviously, a lot of people look at the fact that uh, your dad, Rick Brunson, who played for the Bulls, was an assistant coach with Tom Thibodeau, is now on the New York staff as being a big part of your reason for wanting to come to the Knicks. But I'm sure your dad has always taught you to be your own man. How much of a link was there between your dad becoming an assistant coach and you decided to sign there?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I've never had a... Um, opportunity to play for my dad on the team. My dad's basically been um um my mentor, like my trainer, uh the person who's coached me, uh, not within the team. And so um the fact that I have an opportunity like this is something I you know, I may never ever have again. And so um it's something that um I won't say it was a like a deciding factor, but uh it it definitely is a plus to know that my dad's gonna be there. Um, a person who has helped me get to this point, a person who knows um, everything that I've been through and uh, has my most, um, I mean, he cares about me. I mean, what father wouldn't care about his son, like his number one priority. So uh, um, it's an opportunity that I think it was um, something that I just had to act on.
2: So take us a little bit back to the two 2018 draft coming out of Villanova. Now you've had this, successful high school career where you win a state championship. You go to Villanova, you play for one of the best coaches in college basketball, who, in my opinion, doesn't get the credit he deserves, but he's a, Jay Wright's a hell of a coach. And you win two national championships. You're the player of the year, consensus first team All-American, and the draft comes. And, you know, take us through that process when the draft was coming. What, where did you think you were going to be drafted? Did you think you are going to be a first-rounder? Did you think that, you know – you knew you were going to be a second rounder. I thought you were going to be a first rounder, just me personally. Yeah. But what were you going through at that time? And what was your thought process at that point?
1: Um, I truly didn't know. Um, I thought I believed. Um, I believe I thought I was a first rounder. Um, but I, I just really didn't know where I was going to um, gonna go. I treated that day um, like a normal day. I woke up and I went to the gym, got my work done. Um, just treated it like a normal day, like it was it was nothing because I, I my mind was racing. So um as calm and collective as I may have showed or was, I really wasn't. <laughs> but uh, um I remember before before we had a so I had my draft party now uh, with a close family and friends back in New Jersey. Um but before going to that at some point during the day, I forget what time my dad just kind of hints at, like, Dallas at 33. I kid you not. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I didn't work out for Dallas. I didn't didn't. Um, – they're at the combine. at had a draft interview with them. It was our first draft interview, but I'm just thinking, like, there's, there's just no way. Like, no. And then, you know, it happened. Dallas at 33. So, we um, kind of – he predicted – I don't know how he did that. It was pretty good. But it was, crazy. <laughs> but, uh, it was um, it's, a, it's a cool story to have. But I mean, it was, that whole night was uh, stressful. But um, the fact that I got chosen, the fact that I got uh, an opportunity to um, to go there, it kind of, just, you know, clearly, you know, jumpstarted my career.
3: What was your rookie season like? Obviously, being a second-round pick, you come into camp with the Mavericks and you have to prove that uh, you deserve minutes in the NBA. And it was tough getting minutes in that first year. What was that process like for you in terms of winning the, over the coach's confidence and proving that you could be a big-time player in this league?
1: Yeah. Um, it's no different from any of uh, the situation I've been through. So um, it was just um, another day at the office, I guess. Uh, I always have had to... You know, show up and show out and prove myself again and again. Uh, it happened in high school. Um, no one really believed me. No one believed I should have been a freshman on varsity. Um, and no one believed I should have started or things like that. And then people soon got to realize that, all right, this kid's good. This kid deserves that. And they kept building and building and building to the point where God, you know, people were uh, respecting the things that I was doing on the court. And then um, started all over again. Back at Villanova, I had to kind of know build myself back up and um and not really within not really to the fans but to my teammates I just want to show them like like I belong like this is what I want to do like I, I want to be part of something special but at the same time I'm I can be helpful and so I had to work my way back up and I did that and got to the point where people were thinking all right this guy like he deserves it he, he's proven himself and um so once I got to the NBA it's, just, it's literally <laughs> the same exact thing um the exact same thing, and then it was no different. And so I just had to put my hard hat on and um, get to work.
2: One of the the things, you know, being a player in this league too and seeing how this league operates, it seems like over the last, probably say last 10, 15 years, teams undervalue guys that know how to play, high basketball IQ. They tend to go with the guy who's got the huge ceiling, the guy who Mm -hmm. can jump out the gym, but they don't really look at like they used to about the guys, what what a guy has in his heart, the toughness, mm-hmm. the will to win, will do anything to win to help his teammates. And that's something I've always thought you had uh, from the time over at Steve's, I've known you since you was a kid, but every way up, <laughs> you've always had that same mentality that it's not about being sexy, it's about getting the job done.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's uh, how my parents kind of raised me. you know. Basically, I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, flashy, it doesn't have to be like um loud and obnoxious and everyone doesn't need to know about it. But are you gonna get the job done? Um, that's just kind of how I was raised and um, I've kind of embodied that mindset ever since I could ever remember. Um, but like going back to like the whole you know, drafts like thing, like everyone wants that the the guy who's like flashy, everyone wants the guy with the high ceiling. That's literally why it's called the draft lottery you're playing the lottery to see if you're gonna you not know, hit that lottery. Like you're you're basically gambling on something. You don't know if it's gonna work or not, but you're it's taking a gamble. It's it's literally in the name. So it makes sense. But um I mean like I said before, I just I just I have to prove people wrong every single time. And um it's just how I've been and it's at some point it's probably not gonna
3: change. <laughs> Jalen, you are used to having the ball in your hands. Of course, you were a high-scoring star at Stevenson High School. We mentioned the two national championships at Villanova. You come to the Mavericks, and as I mentioned, you have to earn your minutes. And then Luca comes in as, as the uh, high pick in the draft that, that everybody's talking about. What's it like playing alongside a guy like that? I mean, he, uh, he dominates the ball. At times, he'll take some questionable shots. And he loves to argue with the refs. There are times that you kind of look at it like, what the hell is going on here?
1: Um well he's he's a definition of someone hitting the lottery you know so you can say mark and the organization hit the lottery on that one um Luca is the, one of the best players this league has ever right. seen first and foremost um he's able to do things where um if he does take a questionable shot he's earned that right and he's earned that respect to do so and um a lot of people may say well like he doesn't have the respect like, of his teammates or he does this, but you know, he has no help or whatever. Um, Luca is that good. Like he, des- like, he, like ha- he's earned that right. He deserves it. And so you know, playing with a person like that with a-, a lot of, I won't say pressure. It's not really pressure at all, but a lot of attention, um, a lot of notoriety that's on him. Um, it can be tough, but he-, he deserves it. And it's a person who I, Truly became to like love as a guy. And, um, he was a great teammate. Now people may say he, he wasn't or he's he's selfish or things like that. Like that kid wants to win, night in and night out. And um, watching him, you know, kind of lead and do things, it's um it's pretty special. know, you see the games and he's doing stuff and like we as a team like we clap we're like all right cool but everyone's like thinking like it this kid's going crazy does crazy things like we see it every night. We're seeing this every night. Um, Uh, He deserves all of it, man. He's going to be a champion and MVP. He's going to do everything in this league that um, a lot of greats have done. And uh, he may surpass a lot of them and he deserves it. And um, that's the type of uh, guy I think he is and player he is. And he will get to that point.
2: Let's take us back to the Phoenix series. No one gave you guys a chance to to beat Phoenix. You know, Phoenix was the team that was supposed to come out of the West uh, as the West represented in the finals. But one thing I took away when you, when you talk about Luca, I, I even said it during tweets when watching that series. He, he's got that Larry Bird, Michael Jordan <laughs> DNA where he's got killer. He's a killer. Like he'll rip your heart out and watch you let it beat before you hit the ground. And I thought Devin Booker really woke him up in that series with the, the trash talking and the silliness <laughs> that they were doing, the Phoenix Suns were doing. And I thought that turned the whole series around because I remember – when y'all were walking off the floor and the cameras was following you and, and Luca made a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Talk now when you win or so He said something like that. It, and I'm he like, said, Oh, my.
1: what'd he, he say? Um, uh, he said, it's easy to talk trash, you know, three or two or something like that. Or something, it was something like that. It's easy. And to I talk swear them to
2: them God, I, I, I swear if I'm sitting here in line, I'm dying. I said, that's some MJ stuff. I said, they, <laughs> they, they blew it. Now that kid's coming back and y'all won that series. And I, I call I call some dudes on our team. I say, dude, this is white boy MJ for real. Like, <laughs> he, God has created God has created another one, but he's white this mm-hmm. time. This kid is going to be, in my opinion, I think this kid's going to be a multiple MVP guy. He's going to win a championship before he's done. Because obviously, you played side by side, you enjoyed playing with them, and he took your game as, as hard as you work and 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 the player you made yourself out. Would you say he's made the game a little bit easier for your teammates?
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. He, um, he made the game easy because he was such a gravitational pull whenever he was on the court. Um, whenever he, obviously when he had the ball, you know, all eyes are on him. Uh, but when he was off the ball, like people were like they're gravitating towards him. Like, all right, like Luca's over here. Like make sure you guys are like, know where Luca is. And that gave us lanes to drive. He gave us lanes to create. And, um, he, uh, he like he has such an impact on the court, whether he had the ball or not. And so, um, but yeah, like going back to that series, like you kind of, we were always like, like you said, we we were not counted in to win that at all, like win that series at all. Um, but when it came to us believing in each other and doing the things that we know how to do, it it, it was easy. Um, obviously, we some games we got blown out or whatever the score. It was it was up and down, whatever. But um, we believed in ourselves, and walking into game seven, you Now we knew that, um, I mean, the pressure was on them. You know, we we were walking and thinking, all right, we got this. We didn't think it was going to be a 50-point, 40-point <laughs> blowout. <Yeah. laughs> but, I don't think
2: anybody did.
1: No, it, it was – but, um, I mean, we knew we had the opportunity to win that game. Um, and uh, we just – we were ready, good to go from the moment the, the ball was thrown in the air.
3: Yeah, it was fantastic watching that game. And and now it's on to the Knicks and, and playing for Tom Thibodeau, who was an acquired taste at times. What, what did your dad tell you about playing for Tibbs and what kind of advice has he offered you on on, uh, on being a good citizen for Coach Thibodeau?
1: Um, well, anything he said, I've already known. I got to see yep. Tibbs firsthand <laughs> uh, for um, a long time. Um I think uh, I think it, all the relationships I have you know, pre-existing walking into this, um, it just it felt comfortable, and so um, yes, Tibbs is a very you know, hard-nosed and direct coach. But um, that's how I was coached. That's how I was raised as um, a kid. My parents, and my um, coach for my father, um, a lot of the things that my dad does and says has came from you know, John Cheney, his mm-hmm. college coach at Temple University and Coach Thibodeau. And um, I just think that I, I, I know, I know what I'm getting myself into. I know it's not gonna be easy. Um, it's gonna be a challenge, uh, but I think the best word about me is I've never backed down from a challenge. I've never um, uh, walked on a road and I uh, decided to turn back because it was too difficult. Um, I'm walking down this road, I'm gonna finish. and. Then, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And, and that's just how I am. And that's how my mindset is. And um, But walking down this road, I know that I have to be a proven player and be a proven winner now. And, uh, and this is the perfect situation where if I do win, a lot of things are going to go great. And um, I'm very excited to have an opportunity.
2: Talk a little bit about you've had an opportunity to play for a lot of good coaches, a lot of good mentors in your life, being growing up in the NBA game with your father and all the, the important people you've met. Talk a little bit about what it was like playing for Rick Carlisle, who's one of the top coaches in the league, and then getting Jason Kidd, who's arguably one of the best point guards. How was that experience for you? Um, It
1: was great. Now Playing for Coach Carlisle, it was was interesting because he he was able to give me a confidence um, when I was in the game and was able to do things for me that – like, jump started my career and jump started how I was going to play this game. And um, every year I got him better and better. And now does because of Coach Carlisle, that's because of the staff, and that was because of the opportunity that he gave me as well. Um, so, that, I mean, playing for Rick, it, it was great. He was an offensive guru. You know, he had so many things and so many ways to kind of um, put into a system and uh, put us in position to be successful. And, um, I can't thank him enough for that. And, uh, but playing for J. Kidd, was special, truly special, and was one um, like you say. He's one, arguably one of the best point guards to ever play. Um, but too bad. I always joke. I didn't really say it to his face too much, but he knows my favorite player was Steve Steve Nash. But um, um, that's that's all I'm gonna say about the. Uh, the Nash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but he he was great. I, I love him. He uh, he basically helped me get to this point. You know, he helped me. Get to the opportunity to make a decision for myself and for my family. Um, He um, from from day one when I first met him when we walked into the uh, the practice facility when he was there, he said number one on this list is we gotta get you paid. And um, I mean for me number one on the list is trying to help a team win. That's just number one on my list. But he said, "Yo, we're trying to get you paid." That's that's just how it is. That's I know this business, and quite honestly, like that's that's what we need. That's what you need. And uh, we're not going to shy away from that. We're not going to just act like that's not an elephant in the room. We want to get you paid, and um, and so he put me in a position to elevate my game. And um, I think when he was uh, what he was doing was not only you know, giving me confidence, but giving my teammates confidence. And uh, my teammates put in confidence in me. And he, the way he was doing everything, the way that coaching staff kind of put us in positions where. We knew that we could fight and win games. You know, when things weren't going well for us, uh, it kind of just gave us the confidence that no, we can win any game. No matter how we're shooting, no matter what they're doing, no, we can win because we got each other. And uh, it's because of him. But he, he, he was great. And um, they, they made the, the decision very difficult uh, because of what he was able to do for me this year. So um, I can't thank him enough, and he knows that.
3: Jalen, you're back in the Chicago area hosting a basketball camp, and you mentioned that you're going to be getting together with some of your old high school teammates at Stevenson. Mm-hmm. What's that like when you get back together with your boys? Obviously, you talk about the glory days and all the great accomplishments you had, but but I know your best friends always have a way of keeping you humble, no matter what kind of contract you sign, no matter how many points you score in a playoff game. Those guys know you best, and they keep you grounded, don't they?
1: Yeah, that's actually um, it's hilarious that you say that. So we have a group chat, um, all me and Guys back here, so there's this award, Stacey. You may know about this. There's an award, long story short, in Stevenson. I have a lot of records and stuff, and like all states, or whatever. But there's this one award that I never won, it's called like the Big Gun Award. And so, kind of oh. like, <laughs> the other day, we're talking, and he's like, Yeah, like I have something that Jalen you know, doesn't, like, literally, right after everything, but like, went down. He's like, yeah, we all have big gun awards, you know, where's we're yours? Like, I'm like, I don't have a big gun award. He's like, yeah, no, you don't. And I, <laughs> I actually walked back today, this week. You can see the board of all the big gun winners. And for sure, I do. Not, I am not on there. So I'm like, <laughs> well, that's interesting. And so they, they, they always uh, knock me down back to size. Um, yeah, they. I, I think having my friends around me like, to keep me you know, humble is uh is a, is a hell of a way to go and sometimes it, it hurts
2: but i mean it works <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about jay right we you know we let our listeners know what was your experience with jay Wright. um you know he's a special coach he stepped down this past season and you know after mm-hmm. all the the big east awards that he won national championships i mean um, falling behind Roly Massimino was with some big shoes to feel and everybody is loves Roly Massimino in the Philadelphia area mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit about your experience paying playing for him and, and what he meant to you
1: he meant the world to me he meant the world to me um, he pushed me every single day um, he um, going to that school I knew I had opportunity to um, become a better player and uh, to be part of something special and win. And um, he never, like, on the recruiting visit, he said, yeah, Yo, you got to earn it. Like, I'm not giving you anything. You're not starting right away. Like, you got to earn all that. And I was, I was like, okay, like, I will. I will earn it. I will do whatever it takes. And we will get to the promised land somehow, some way. And, um, but it was, it was never really about winning a national championship. It was just kind of being part of that culture. That I knew that I was going to love for the rest of my life. I kind of I told him I wanted a, a four. I didn't want a four year commitment. I wanted a, like a forty year commitment. I wanted this to be something that I, I live for the rest of my life. Um, and he was able to make that happen. Um, he was he was a very tough coach. Like everyone called everyone sees, um, pretty boy Jay the GQJ with the suits <laughs> and all that stuff, and, uh, the stale face, and always kind of calm and collected. But like he. He'll push you, tell you that right now, he'll push you, he'll um put you in your place and make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing. But then he's gonna give you the confidence to go out there and be a killer. Like he had that mindset of always laser focused, just being on, like just being in the zone from the moment the ball is no from the moment you step off the bus. Like you're laser focused. And um you're, you're not letting anything you know, deteriorate from you off you, off your path. So uh, he was always the type of coach that it's like, this has to be done this way and this way and this way. And if you do it this way, if you have these like core values and qualities uh, as in your mindset, then nothing's going to be able to stop us. And then if you all buy into that, um, we're going to win. And then honestly, once we won that first one, he even said the fact that I know that this works now, it's going to even be doubled down. <laughs> <go forward." laughs> so um yeah, he's was, he was great, and someone who um, I'm waiting to get on the golf course soon. So he's been running for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you played on a couple different groups that won national titles at uh, Villanova. You had the veteran group when you first came in. Wasn't uh, Ryan Archie Giacchino on that first team? Yep, and Ryan then, was a senior when I was a freshman. Yeah, and then uh, then you were the leader on that second group with Mikael Bridges, who's really blown up in Phoenix as a big-time star. What was it like, the contrast, mm-hmm. winning the first one as a young guy and then being a leader on the second one?
1: It kind of brought things like full circle like Jalen you can like me talking to myself like hey you can be a part of something it doesn't have to be about you it doesn't have to you don't have to be that guy you can be a part of something I kind of played every single role <clears throat> while I don't I was um I was a complimentary role player to help you No, know, I wasn't like the, the guy um I'm as a freshman but I was able to be, be a contributor and help win a national title and then it kind of transitioned to being the leader and the captain like sophomore to junior year and so um, the fact that I was able to win in that scenario and to be able to lead a team to national championship as well um, as a leader and a captain um, you, know, you just you just kind of learn how to do everything and the fact that I won in both ways is it, it just it's special.
2: When you now that you, you know people expect now that you have a big contract Uh, He's made it. His mentality will change. I know it won't because I know your dad Mm -hmm. will never let it happen. Uh, (laughs) Your mom will never let it happen. Um, But what part of your game you feel you still can get better at and and you can improve on?
1: Everything. Everything. I think I go into every summer um, um, wanting to be consistent in everything. Um, Like How can I be even more consistent? Now, how can to be more efficient um and so i'm working on everything. i'm not trying to work on just one thing and then just try and dominate the entire thing the entire summer um working off catch and shoots uh off the dribble um shooting off the dribble um uh, like finishing you know the in-between game you know with floaters and mid-range and that's the, i mean obviously that's the part that i'm best at and like, that's the most comfortable at and i'm and i'm able to Kind of try and bring it back to basketball, but um, i i mean, I just—I just want to be the best, consistent, and efficient player I can be, night in and night out. So I'm working on everything, and um, I know it sounds like a broad statement, but literally, there's nothing like, I sincerely focus on. Like, I mean, there's days I'm like, right, I want to do this, but it's not like I'm hammering at that every single day. Um, I mean, I am, but that's not the only thing I'm hammering at. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. So I'm I'm just I'm trying to be as consistent and efficient as I can and be better than I was the year before.
2: I, I think the one thing that catches people off guard about you is your size, first of all, and the way you're able to take mm-hmm. guards, no matter how – if they're bigger than you, same size. <laughs> you, it's a mouse in the house for cheese. I'm backing you down. <laughs> Ain't nothing you can do about it. And when you see – like you go up and post it up, bridges who's six foot six or something and you're just working them in the post like a one I think people are caught off how strong you actually are and how you actually have a post game
1: yeah um, I mean I take I take pride in being able to um, you know, be physical um, because this, this game is is not as I mean you probably you probably definitely say this but this game is not as physical as it used to be and so um, I think if I can use my physicality. Um, it can definitely um create for myself and others. Um, yeah, but is definitely not gonna like the fact that you just said I was bullying him in the post. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> um, and hopefully he never sees this, but uh, <laughs> uh he's <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave that like that. But
3: so. <laughs> well, Jalen, your work ethic is taking you to great places in the league. You're already just a young guy in the NBA, and now you're taking on the uh the mantle of the point guard leader for the new york knicks uh, we wish you all the best in new york please give our best to your dad and we look forward to seeing you coming into chicago a couple times every year now with the knicks instead of just once with dallas congratulations on all your success and thanks for joining us like give me the hot sauce
2: hey Hi, next time you come to town guy. you come into the studio there you go no, for yeah. sure for
1: sure yeah next <laughs> so love you here. i got you I appreciate y'all and thank you so much. And we'll, we'll,
3: we're going to hand you an honorary gun award. We I know we can't change it in the mantle, yeah. life, but you yeah, got yeah, it. You, you got it from us. Awards.
1: All right. <laughs> oh, Coach Ambrose, uh, I told him that last night. He's like, right, I'll make one for you so you can
3: the
1: eagle won't be too hit. I was like, all right, yeah. No, Tell him to give you the
4: bigger gun.
2: gun, the bigger gun award. Not <laughs> the bigger guns. You got the biggest gun.
3: <laughs> and Stacy will have oh, some man. of his uh, signature hot sauces heading your way too.
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> I need that. I need that.
3: Jalen Brunson, guys, our special guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Thanks again for joining us. Hi, right,
2: JB. Tell your pops All I'll say what's up. Guys. Yep, I got you. Thank you.
3: Episode 89 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. A great talking to Jalen Brunson. As we mentioned, the pride of Stevenson High School. And his buddies wouldn't let him forget that he didn't win that that special uh, Hustle Award that they had out there. Yeah, the Big Gun Award, man, yeah. that's
2: huge. That's huge. Anybody who wins that award, man, that's like a Hall of Fame-type situation there. And it's really surprising that he did not win that award because, yeah. I mean, you know, you go back and look at his high school career, we were just talking about it, is that the fact that he took Stevens to high school to three state finals. They finished third, second, and they won the national, I mean, they won the high school championship yeah. in uh, 2015, I think, and, uh, and then two national championships in Villanova, the kid's a winner. That's why it's really surprised me that he went so low in the draft at mm-hmm. 33, but it worked out well because these are the stories that you hear about, these guys who get drafted late who end up being really great players, and then they capitalize on it. Because when you're a second-round pick, Mark, you're not regulated with a rookie salary cap. Right. So when, you're, when your rookie deal's over, you can sign way more than what an average first-rounder will and sign. That's the
3: problem pick. with Iowa, because I only signed a two-year deal. The Bulls are going to have to pony up if they want to keep exactly.
2: it. Exactly. So there's some perks being a second-rounder.
3: Yeah. yeah. And a funny thing, too, is you know this when you go back to Oklahoma. Your boys will always keep you humble. Oh, yeah. You know, he was talking about the fact that he gets together with his guys and, and they they give him all kinds of crap. That's just the – those are the best times looking back on your high school days. Yeah,
2: that is. I mean, those guys keep you, you know, keep the air from going into the balloon. Um, he also, you know, his parents are super. Like, mm. they are – they will never let him get his head too big. He is yes, sir, no, sir. I've known him since he was probably 10 years old, and he always dresses me as, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. And i'm like man this coming states may me sound too old <laughs> and that but that's that's the kind of kid he is and i just hope he really does well in new york i know it's so tough the expectations is going to be so high for him yeah and you know how new york is i mean if, if you don't play to a certain level the team's not winning uh, they'll boo you, you know, and, and he's a tough yeah, it's kid. Not be easy. He's a tough kid. He played in Philadelphia for Villanova. He's not gonna it's not gonna phase him any bit. His dad's there, he's got a good support group there. Leon Rose was his agent before he went into uh, management. Since so Tibbs have known him since he was a little kid. So there, there's a good support group there for him to play. My biggest thing, Mark, is how does he play with Julius Randle? You know, because that's the guy who handles the ball, takes the ball out of the point guard. What if they get
3: and, Donovan but, Mitchell They'd be fighting uh, for the ball? I'm
2: telling you right now. Stealing it. Oh, yeah.
3: they be playing one-on-one defense, coming over half-court. Aren't they on the same team? Yeah, that could be ugly. Does uh,
0: does that stat go on the uh, stat sheet if you steal it from your own teammate?
3: No, I don't think so. Guys <laughs> trying for the triple-double, shooting the ball at the yeah, wrong basket. The wrong, wrong basket. Rebound. Yeah. yeah, we've seen that. Ricky Davis tried that back yes, in the day. Yes. Hey, if you're looking at, uh, watching us on Twitch or on YouTube and you see that good-looking guy that's not Whispers, uh, that's <laughs> Eric King on the end. Oh, and we're we going to talk we're, about Eric. We're going to put him to work. Yes, we, you know, yeah. the apple doesn't,
2: fall. Just, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So we're going to let him read the, give me the hot sauce, read America. Did you hear that, Eric? There's two yeah. looking, two good-looking good guys here. Get, you can get the great hot sauce you see behind
4: us. <laughs> is this uh, Verde, or how do you guys pronounce this? The St. Pat's. Verde. 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 Am I on? You're on. Yeah, the light's on you, son. The yeah. spotlight's yeah, been on right. you. Come on, man. <laughs> all right, trying to score the best hot sauce in the game. Well, listen up. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, listen (laughs) up, because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. Gimme the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces
3: for your kitchen. Oh, he's doing great. He's doing great. great.
4: Whether it's (sighs) Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist, fan favorite, St. Pat's Verde, our Spicy and Sweet King's K.
3: the Q. Q. That's Q. (laughs)
4: Our Spicy and Sweet King's Q. Or the hottest of the bunch, Chicago Fire 1871, that's too hot for me. Use code Hot Sauce oh, 21 get costs 20% off your first order. <laughs> hey, Just, hey, if what? they want heisty, spicy sauce, they'll go after that one. Yeah. Oh, spicy Absolutely. Me, okay, hey, America. Give me the hot hey, sauce. America. <laughs> hey, America, this is my son, I we love could, him to death. We could, uh, we could I, do I love cut. him to
2: death, I love him to death. Like, you know, but he's fired. <laughs> yeah, he's fired. You can't give it eighteen seventy-one. It's too hot for me. Wait, it just cost us some sales. You man. know, the People read the them.
3: read was great, but there's one important fact that was left out. You got to go to GimmeTheHotSauce.com. Exactly. That's that's important to include. Yes. we're going to we're going to rewrite uh, yes, on the next. Uh, the well, hold next on, hold version.
0: on. Let them bring it there's, home there's, with uh, use the uh, code. Use the code, Eric. Read
2: the really code. I no, I no, have, he read that. But read but, that. but you got
3: it. F- no, the first step is you got to go to GimmeTheHotSauce.com. Well, guys, get, but get, it's not your fault. Dude. Yeah, it's no, not your fault. Bad copy. It's go
2: not. to com. There you go. Okay. Okay. So okay. Still good hot sauce. For it's all still your hard. hot
3: sauce needs. Still
2: yeah. fired. I know your mom's saying he did a good job. She's like, <laughs> that's my baby. Get can Oh, that's my baby. Well, Lisa, he's been fired. Sorry, I tell you that. He's been fired. <laughs>
3: I thought he did great. Hey, let's, right. let's talk some baseball because we're getting ready to start the second half of the season. And it looked for a while like there wasn't going to be much to be interested here in Chicago. But... Well, let's, first things first. Let's talk about the All-Star game, which uh, was oh. played a couple of days ago, which turned oh. into kind of a snooze fest. At one point, American League pitchers retired 20 straight National League hitters. And we were talking about this in our production meeting, the fact that it used to be these games were exciting. You'd see tape measure home runs. You'd see guys stealing bases. It was a lot of fun. Now the pitchers, Stacey, are so dominant, nobody can get a hit.
2: Listen, not too long ago, the chicks were digging the long ball. That's right. <laughs> okay, but now you're not seeing the long ball. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, other than the Yankees, if you, unless you want to put the Yankees in the All Star game, they're the only ones really smashing the ball. But it, it's gotten boring, and the pitchers are so dominant now. We 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 might need to make that call to. Mark McGuire and Sammy Soson said, Hey, you might need a little of that magic. That we need a little of that magic juice that, or that, what is that? Barry Bonds use the clear yeah, yeah, <laughs> rub right. yeah. the old clear on the cheeks. I mm-hmm. don't know. We, we need to bring it back. It's not, it's not, it's not fun anymore. No, it's not, it's boring. It's boring. I mean, kill. you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know, Mark, I don't know how you make the game exciting. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you can, you know, up it up a little bit, but, people want to see home runs in all-star games, just like people want to see in the basketball game. They want to see dunks and high scoring yeah. in football. They want to see, you know, touchdowns and celebrations in the end zone and, you know, in baseball is
3: <sighs> you know, the all-star game used to be one of my favorite events. I look forward to that all summer. That was like the highlight of the summer was watching baseball's best players because they didn't have interleague play back then. So it was American league against the national league wherever your allegiance was in your particular city. I used to love the All-Star game. They've taken all the fun out of it now to the point where people get more excited about Home Run Derby on Monday than the game itself because the game, the game has been boring. Well, Mark had a really exciting childhood.
2: He was all looking, for, <laughs> he was looking forward to the All-Star game. Wow. I was, I was like, oh wow, I, I never even really paid attention.
3: I love the All-Star. I'll tell you a story, when I was in, when I was in high school,
0: <laughs> when i was in high
3: school i was an usher at uh, milwaukee county stadium and so they had the all-star game in milwaukee so i'm thinking oh, this is gonna be great i'm gonna get paid i'm gonna watch the all-star game you know get the people to their seats and so they decided in their infinite wisdom they put me milwaukee county stadium was a terrible facility oh, it was, it was terrible. just one of those old things was with terrible. beams and yes, poles everywhere the poles so, everywhere you
2: couldn't even see half the so game they outside they,
3: i was underneath the upper deck trying to get people to to Get to their seats. I couldn't see the field, and I'm like, "This is great." So looking forward <laughs> to the All Star game in my hometown. I'm sitting in a chair with the uh, you know the grandstand covering my view. It was you know, fantastic. You know, Mark,
0: but now that you brought that up, are you a little disappointed that they banned the guy from throwing peanuts now? The vendor, a 40 year vendor, can't yeah, throw I his peanuts Yeah, I'm a little at disappointed at that. I really? too. That was a true pro. At,
2: at the Milwaukee game. That's a real no, skill. No, no,
0: no, in Chicago here.
2: Oh. It's 40 years name. of tossing
0: peanuts. You know what?
2: That's like 30 and,
3: years of abuse. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hey,
2: 40 come years. Come on, man. Really? They banned a the guy from doing peanuts? Yeah,
0: he's been tossing for 40 years.
2: Oh, man. Come and on they're showing
0: his him. skills on uh, some highlights. Yeah. I mean, the guy is remarkable, quite frankly.
2: The Cubs did this. Yes. That's why they last place.
0: Banned. That's <laughs> a, yeah. Banned. Yeah, you're
2: cutting all the fun out of the, out of the games. How about the, the time when they were doing the cup train? Do you remember they were doing? Oh a cup. yeah, that was pretty sweet.
3: Broke that up too. And this
2: guy comes over there and knocks karate it chops it and <laughs> Man, he should have got his ass whooped on ESPN. Dude, we to, I, it took us all this way to build this train, and then some dude with you know with tight khaki pants and a and a, and a red polo shirt comes in and knocks it over, <laughs> kicks it. I mean, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like they're having fun. Let the people have fun. They're not doing anything. They're not showering beer on people. They're they're having fun. The team is losing. Yeah. Let him have some fun, man. That's all we man, got. He should have got the beat down. <laughs> he should have got beat down.
3: Yeah, and August 2nd is the trade deadline in baseball, which means Wilson Contreras and several other Cubs will be headed out of town. How can you do this with all the money they're pulling <laughs> in at Wrigley Field?
2: Going back to the old days, Mark. They think they're the black Well, hey, oh, That's a whole other story, hey. man, oh, man. Mark, they're going back to the old days where they, when they had uh, Soriano and all these guys and they said, hey, we got this superstar player, but we're not winning. And they had no talent around them. They're going back to that days,
3: Mark. It's going to be a long a, second half the on Cubs, the north side. The Cubs yeah.
2: people are going to come out and watch the Cubs because they are they're hist, you know the historical team. People who come from out of they town. they like the bars and the restaurants. The, yes, exactly. The and the yeah. people who come from out of town want to go see Cub games. That's yeah. uh, anybody coming from my hometown, Oklahoma, or my state, of Oklahoma. They, they say, hey man, I got to catch the Cubs game. I got to catch the Cubs game. Like, uh, yeah, exciting. they can pay. They can pay seven. to the south side, baby. They can pay seven hundred fifty
3: dollars <laughs> for a room at the Zachary Hotel across the street.
2: Seven hundred fifty dollars a night. Man, you better get me a red roof <laughs> in. No I don't
4: dare. think they got any of those. You know, they green need green to build. find
3: one. <laughs> uh, Seven hundred
2: and fifty a night,
3: something like that. Yeah.
2: Man, <laughs> man, and they're not winning either. Stacy will take two rooms. Man, and they're not winning either. That was if you had the World Series Cubs, I can see yeah. that. You charging seven fifty in in the way the economy is now, and then in watching a bad team.
3: If you build it, they will come. Man, All the fans man. from Iowa. It's yeah, their summer vacation.
2: If You build it, you can burn it too for seven hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> a night. Are you out your mind? Oh, and, no.
3: they, and they got the Cubs and the Reds in the Field of Dreams game coming up in a couple of weeks. How could you come up with that matchup? Man. What a dream. Let me tell you something. It's a nightmare. The, they're going to come through the corn and people will be throwing tomatoes no. at and stuff. No,
2: they're going to come through the corn and Shoeless Joe Jackson and all the ghosts are going to pull them back into the corn and say, get your ass back in here. You don't deserve to play here. We need two real teams we, here. We need some real <laughs> teams. Go get me Mike Trout. That's give me right. some, give me give me the give Yankees. Me some real stars. Give me some Yankees is going to hit home runs. Remember last year's game with Tim Anderson get that walk off yes. and in the corner field. that so, was yes. fantastic. That was man, that was a great presentation. You had Kevin Costner out there, he was, you know, narrating it and it was awesome. Everybody coming out the corner. It looked like it looked like a movie production.
3: Now you got the Triple A Cubs against the Reds, the worst team in the baseball. Listen,
2: Cub fans, I know you out there and I know you hear me right now. You hear Mark overslending your team. <laughs> You know, it's a battle. (laughs) Hey, listen, Cub fans. Yeah, I'm a Cub fan. Okay, listen, I'm sympathizing with you right now, okay? Okay. They shouldn't be in the field drinking. Stop them. Stop them. Is there a petition assist. we can get another team in there before it's too late? You know, like, you know know how on ESPN, we have an NBA game? Flex the game. Flex the game. So you have, you know, a team will get ready to play and say, oh, yeah, we got so and so on. We got somebody else. You know, oh, we're going to change that. You (laughs) you guys suck. We're going to put another team in there now. You guys are going to go on ESPN 6. No one's the, watching ESPN six. How about the Yankees and the Dodgers? That might be an idea. Yes! Get a winning team. Get the numbers up all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you're not winning, man, I'm sorry. Just like those games, you know, the when they do that uh, the pond, the hockey games. Right. Man, put right. the best teams out there. Man, don't put no teams out there that's not winning. Under five hundred guys are guys out there can't not score no goals, ain't doing nothing, getting beat twenty to nothing. Oh,
0: and the most expensive vendors in National League is the Cubs. Yeah, so you also spend the most. Oh, yeah, insane. I,
3: saw, I saw a survey. It's the second highest fan experience for four tickets, four hot dogs, <laughs> hot. and a couple of beers. Yeah,
0: yeah so didn't really? we trademark that uh, ten years ago? We socialize on the north side, play baseball on the south side. Hey,
3: they're playing baseball on the south side. They won five out of six. Right. They got the Guardians coming, coming in town, and only three games out of first. Stacey's got rocking the Sox yes, hat. Yes. They got a chance
2: to win the division again. You know what? I told you. I told you, Mark. Oh, now, now he's back <laughs> oh, on the wagon. Mark, bandwagon. Mark I, I, told I told you. you. Nostradamus,
3: Because oh. he's, not, he's not on the wagon. He's on listen, the bandwagon. Listen,
2: I told you people, once they got healthy, once they got healthy, they got, they got too many good players they're starting to get healthy, and I think Tony La Russa is not falling asleep, and they're, they're moving the ball, they're hitting the ball, the pitching's good. They got a shot. Are you saying they got a chance? They hailed. Yes, they do.
0: What, only uh, two games now? Three, three games, games out. Oh, Weren't you that, listening? I you just said that. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. On, man. Pay Jeez. man, How do you sleep with the lights sorry, on? Sorry. <laughs> I was like Tony LaRusa. I'm sorry. <laughs> See,
2: oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to a socks game pretty soon. Nice. You're know you going to call a game again this year? Geez,
0: I wonder if listen, we're invited, Mark.
2: First of all, listen, you know, hey, come on. You know, if I get a sweet you know you're coming. Oh, come on. Okay. You know, it's just a second. White Sox, White Sox take care of me. Yeah. Okay. America, you heard. The Cubs, you know, America. America. You know, the White Sox Southside takes care of you, boy. Anytime yeah. I want to come to a White Sox game, Jerry sets it out for me, and it's awesome. Sweet. I mean, sweet. We got the the, the, the dessert the cart and all mm-hmm. that stuff comes in. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right? So, White Sox, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm, I'm coming out there pretty soon. <laughs> all, right, all right, also, all righty, I'm, I'm bring, set up. he's bringing, bringing the whole gang out there. i bringing the whole game out there, the whole hot sauce crew. It'll be hey. a hot sauce party.
0: Hey, your son heard it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A man of few words. And that seemed like a Whispers line yeah, right there. Exactly. Just yeah. like Whispers. Just like Whispers. <laughs> we'll hold you
3: to that. Hey, we got another great sponsor we're going to tell you about. Whispers. This is a new and improved yes. Angel Water ad. Let's, let's give oh, this. Oh, let do really the you, Whispers. Now, really hit this because here. last week I did it and Stacy said you didn't fall asleep during no, it. No, I didn't. Yeah, so see what you can do with this. This is a new copy. Wow. Approved by our folks at Angel Water. It's really good stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, geez.
3: And And we've got the product here, too. I've already water. fell
2: asleep and didn't even
0: started reading is, yet. This. this is great. <laughs> Listen up, Bulls Nation. We want to make water healthier for your home and family. There you go. So look no further yes. than our favorite new water here in the Hot Sauce Studios, Angel Water. This company is on Should a mission like to too. provide water free yes. toxins, chemicals <laughs> that cause long term damage to your health. We thank them for providing yes, the, the hot sauce team with more than enough H2O. That's high-quality H2O. At, at high
2: least they can keep cool. Eric's
3: open the bottle, so yes. that's, good.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I drank mine. Somebody took my bottle off. So
0: that's yeah, 847-382-7800.
3: No, no, do it again because I, I talked over that. Go yeah, go ahead.
0: Ahead, oh, oh yeah. Oh, the hot sauce team with more than enough H2O to keep cool. Yes, I Stay like hydrated that. all year long. No, the phone number, Tim. Come on. <laughs> well, it wasn't even on here. So oh, I mean, there's no phone thing. number what, are you, are you
3: ad-libbing the phone number? I actually know it because I have to All call. Right, no, yeah, just call. All right, our Hots 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 crew. Yeah. Yeah we, need, yeah, we need the phone number.
0: Yes. 847-382-7800. And, or you can and call, use King 21 for or, a free water test. Or
2: you can call 1-800-CHIEF-CHIEF-LITTLE-AGS. <laughs> and tell them Tim sent you. Wow. <laughs> Oh, that's they don't beautiful. know who Chief Little Legs is. That's there the owner. Go. That's the owner of Angel Watersoft. That's right. So, uh, wow. Okay. So well, we're brutal here. Yeah, man. we're over here killing and our that's, sponsors. We're losing
0: all hey, our sponsors. Hey Mark. Uh, these are all childhood oh, friends. Hey, Mark. Mark, that's why Stacy was in the running for a fan favorite of all time with the Bulls.
3: I didn't see him on the papers that you gave me.
4: Yeah. No,
0: so so they did this bracket. Who's they? Uh, that would be Bulls Nation combined with ESPN to find out who is the all-time fan favorite of the Bulls. Okay. So did these brackets throwing a bunch of favorite players in there, even if they had one season. like uh, yeah, Nate nice to giving
3: the graphics to our hot sauce crew. And the people yeah, No, no, the, the, this
0: came up late in the day. It just oh, popped up yeah. on my radar. I was like, dang. <laughs> just like ad
3: the phone number of Angel Water. But
0: because <laughs> Stacey King lost uh, last night in his bidding, I was a little upset. So who won? Who won? There's not a winner yet, but it's coming down to it. <laughs> but Stace just lost to uh, Zach Levine, which is uh
2: Oh, so we went head-to-head? Head? Yes. Was, that's not fair. It's yeah, coming right. down I the, should have been on the other side.
0: It's on the quarterfinals here. It's terrible. Kirk Heinrich beat Alex Caruso. So it's now we're coming down to Kirk and Zach. And uh, uh, I,
2: I, 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 Taj I beat out uh, Nate Robinson. I question the validity of this. And ball. now we're,
0: we're down in the finals here.
2: Listen, so it's an, America. America, first of all, <laughs> this is an imp- posture of a type of poll first of all i think he listen, made it up let me I don't tell you, it so. it I me tell you something i got voted america i got voted as one of the 10 sexiest men in montana how in the hell can i not be in the number one uh on this vote over well here? you are the black brad pitt i am the black brad pitt when you get the top 10 in montana that says something mark that's
3: right says something and whispers got voted off northerly island
0: that's true
2: <laughs> whispers is on shark week this week and he's gonna go diving with sharks and and I'm the gonna hook push him. I'm gonna push him in, and I'm gonna cut him, and I'm gonna throw him <laughs> in the water where the great whites are. That'll be a great sharp week. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Whisper's getting thrown in the water, bleeding. Larry What'd the Lobster. Do? He'd be like, "What did you do that for, Stakes?" I'm like, "Let's just bring up ratings." I
0: got to say, my <laughs> <What? they, laughs> sharks don't eat lobsters.
2: Oh, this is oh. You yeah. were in Phoenix
3: last week, so yeah, I'm you a were a little torched.
0: Little, yeah, little, yeah. little red. I was just I, running to the car.
2: I mean, yeah, hey, hey, buddy. I mean, I'm looking at he's about as red as my shirt.
0: Yeah, it's not good,
3: man. Hey, before we get out of here, uh, what? what what'd you think of the uh, the whole Eddie Olczyk
2: episode? You, you mentioned oh. the
3: uh, Blackhawks earlier. Oh. A lot of a lot of talking back and forth that it was a mutual decision, but you know how oh, that works, Stacey. Man, that's, uh,
2: I, I tell you what, first is you know, listen, when I kind of guys leave, you know, Neil Funk, you know, uh, Pat, Pat Foley, Foley yeah. left. I mean, that's an end of an era. You know, you know, Harry Carey, Hawk Harrelson, those guys are all gone now. And so new people have to feel those shoes. And those guys at, at one point will be legends. But Eddie Olchek, man, is one of the best analysts, not just in hockey, but in all the sports. Like, I, I don't even, I'm an American, I'm not even a hockey fan, except for the fights. I love the fights. Like I love, <laughs> I love to see people getting beat up, okay? Um, you know, so, so, but but Eddie Olchek has me, when I listen to him call a game, I actually listen and understand the game. He makes it that mm-hmm. easy, um, and he's a great guy. I've known Eddie since our kids played baseball together in, in Buffalo Grove Park District. So I've known him, you know, for twenty-five plus years. Great guy, great family guy. Uh, battled, you know, cancer. Was able, stage three, you know, was able to fight through that uh, and and get back to where he he was before. And to see him, you know, he should he should leave on his own terms. Basically, that's what I think. I think when you're that iconic to an, an organization, a franchise. You leave on your own terms. If you say, hey, look, I'm, I want to leave, I'm retiring, I'm done, that's one thing. But he's still going to be working for NBC. He's still going to be doing the horse racing thing. Um, I just, it, just, it just caught me off guard, Mark, to realize he's going to – I think he's going to Seattle?
3: Yeah, his brother. His, is brother his brother's a assistant gentleman.
2: He's going yeah. to Seattle. Oh, man, it just – that hurt, man. That hurt. That hurt. And I think it's going to be the same thing that happened. Remember when they didn't bring Pat Foley back? Yeah. It was such oh, an yeah. outcry from the fans that – you know, it was over contract dispute, I think. And then they had they got such an outcry from the fans that they brought Pat Foley back. And I think you're going to see the same thing with Eddie Olchek. It doesn't matter who they bring in. I, I understand they looked at some other players from former players. Um, but there's something about Eddie, man, that, that separates him from all the other hockey analysts, man. He just he's got that swag about him, man. And, you know, I mean, just just an amazing, amazing guy.
0: I loved his donuts. Wait, that was Stan Makita. Jesus,
2: what is this guy here, man? A, a nice
3: heartfelt tribute. Dude. yes and, and he ruined that. It. He yeah. ruined it. Oh, I'm sorry. Ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, right. see Eric, you gotta be careful. You say something, you yeah. know, you get can slap comedian. back. <laughs>
4: comedian yeah. here
0: all right, bringing Eddie for it's the same first name. Oh Jesus Christ, I mean, this guy's just
2: peeing in the cornflakes. Hey, we Come want on, to thank man. all the people that have been following us
3: on uh, the Twitch chat and uh Twitch. the Twitch stream, I should say, and on YouTube. We appreciate you making your comments along the way. And we had a poll that we put out yesterday. We talked earlier in the show about the Central Division and the Eastern Conference, where the Bulls kind of fit in. So we asked you, where do you think the Bulls will finish in the Eastern Conference last year? 73% of you said they're going to finish one through four in that top four seed, which means home court advantage in the first round. The other 27% said they'll finish fifth or sixth. Your third option was they'll be in the play-in tournament nobody picked that and that's that's
2: good no they shouldn't i mean this team the expectations of this team is going to be high this year everybody in the city should be excited the players should be excited you got a taste of the playoffs last year you haven't been in six years um you know they had won 45 games last year if they don't have these injuries would have could have should have if you have lonzo ball healthy they beat milwaukee in the first round knowing how that series played out with chris middleton getting hurt um, I think they win game one, possibly game two. Uh, he makes that big of a difference in this team's play, controlling the pace, rebounding, defense, blocking shots, everything, posting up on the post. So having him back healthy is going to be key. I, I watched him in the summer league, and I was trying to slow it down to see how he was walking. But then I see I see, I see a wedding picture. You know, he's, on, he's at an IG on a wedding. And somebody was getting married. One of his best friends was wedding, and he was out there grooving. So I, I looked at, I, looked, I mean, he was dancing. Like he was dancing, like dancing with the Stars type dancing. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't look like a guy who has a bad knee. So I'm encouraged, I'm yeah. encouraged. So I think he'll be back healthy. And I, I honestly believe that this team is going to win 50 plus games. And the goal right now is the next step up. Get past the first round. Get home court advantage. Get past the first round. And then once you get to the second round, let the chips fly where they may.
3: I saw Patrick Williams at the Sky game yesterday. They've won 5 in a row best record Yeah, at WNBA. It's time they for it's rolling. time for it's
2: time for the give me the hot sauce crew to go out there and make a visit and then you support, go. you know, we have, you know, we had coach Wade here, mm-hmm. you know, we had Allie Quigley here, you know, they're, they're friends of the program. You know, at least we can do You know, I've been trying to get you guys to go the last three weeks, and you guys have turned me down. (laughs) I've been wanting to go out there with a bad hit. Let's go out and support our team. And you guys, oh, we got a barbecue this week. We're going on the boat. We don't have time. Uh, Whispers is talking about he's, you know, he's got to go. Nothing but lies. Nothing but lies, America. So, so Chicago Sky fans, (laughs) Stacey King is going to come out there and support because they got a chance to win it again. They do. They got a chance to win it again. Back to back titles. Back to back titles. And I'm not going to be one of those people that, you know, jump on the bandwagon. I'm just going to show up at the finals. Okay. Right. I'm showing up sometime in the near
3: future. All right. And tell the folks about how you got here today and how you and Eric are getting home. Is Eric still yes. getting a ride
2: back with you? No, I don't know. Yeah, this, no, I know. His mother may Still have be home. determined? Yeah, I just texted his mother to come pick him up. And <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's in Denver. Oh. That's a long commute. I guess she'll be, be catching Uber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Give me the read, man. Where's the read? Windy City Limousine. Okay. Transporting the kids safely. America. Golden Pipes are back, (laughs) okay? The B and C team, the B and C team are off the mic. The A team is back. Are y'all ready for this? Windy City Limousine provides a championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court presser of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact us at 866-94-WENDY Again, that's
0: 866-94-WENDY. Six, six, that's the eighteen me. Yeah, what'd you, you think, Eric? like it, too. Windy City Limousine.
2: <laughs> oh, oh no. wow! Oh, wow. Oh, you got to oh, ride home. Man. Oh, man. Hey, hey the golden pipes, baby. Hey. Going hey, out baby. strong. Hey, baby. It's in, it's in the DNA, baby. It's in the DNA. Baby. It's how you finish. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We can never, you, but you never can finish. I don't know how, don't know how that is. Sit there, buddy. Yep. Hey, we want
3: to thank Jalen Brunson for joining Jaylen! us on episode 89 to give me the hot sauce. Stacey always brings you the best guests. Who knows may drop by the... Uh, Wait,
4: we awesome
0: got to get Tom Aspinall on here after he wins this weekend. Beating a former guest. Who?
3: Well, you want to explain the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> see
2: it? The,
0: the up and coming uh, Irish heavyweight taking on uh, Blades.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, you talking about UFC this week? Yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: Did you hear what he said on the news? What did he say to the media? And they said, "Could you explain this?" And he explained it about tea bagging. Oh, no. All right, let's not go there. <laughs>
2: no, no. He said he was going to teabag uh, Blades.
0: Yeah, and then the, uh, the guy goes, what, what is that? He goes, I'm going to get over
2: his head and rock back and forth before the ref okay. whatever. And he okay. goes, okay. yeah.
0: and then the uh, meeting guy goes, dinner, we apologize. Hey,
2: hey, I America.
0: Kept that, hey, I kept that clean. America. And he said, thanks for clarifying yeah. that. For America,
2: UFC <laughs> fans out there, that's not going to happen. Curtis Blades is going to destroy him. Actually, I I agree. Blades is a top four heavyweight in the UFC. Okay? He's only lost to like championship caliber guys. Actually, he was beating
0: Lewis when he lost. Yeah,
2: yeah. Dude, there is no... This dude... Oh, man. And talking about teabags... That was funny.
0: When people want to be Conor McGregor, end up getting crushed.
2: Well, see, that's the problem. You got all these guys, you know, trying to mimic what Conor McGregor does. See, the difference is Conor McGregor sells tickets and sells, you know, pay-per-views. But he also goes out there and, and, and does the things that he predicts. Yeah, when he says he's gonna knock somebody out, when are you gonna knock him out? Probably the first round. And he goes out and knocks him out in the first round. When he said he's gonna beat Jose Aldo, and no one gave gave that him a chance. chance to win at all because that guy had won like ten years in a row. He's the longest reigning featherweight champion in the history of UFC. Not even close to losing.
0: Second round KO.
2: Second round KO. So everyone wants to beat Connor, and everybody talks about Connor, and you know they they want to hate on him, and you know. Uh, but if it wasn't for Connor, the UFC might be under. They might not be the promotion that they are not now right. without him. You see guys now how he changed the game. You see guys now, Connor would come to a press conference. He'd come to the fight in a three-piece suit. He'd be G'd up all the time. Go to the press conference. He's not wearing sweats. He's not wearing, he's wearing shades. He's wearing, you know, Versace clothes. Now you got every fighter who goes to the press conference or even walking into fights dressed to impress. So that tells you the impact that guy had. He started,
0: man. he started RPN.
2: Wait, Nikki, what are you doing over there? Come on, man! Nate Diaz is oh, done. Oh man! Hey, 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 can't he, beat, he beat. He beat. Even fight. when he lost, he Come beat him. Come on, man! Him. Come on, man! He killed Nate Diaz. Come
4: on! Diaz got up like Frank got Frankenstein, listen. like Freddie. That they, you,
2: you know what? For, you know, every so often in America, we have our our, our hot sauce crew in the back. They you know, they have something to, to say. You know, one time it was Cisco talking about he wanted to hear the thong song. <laughs> Then we got dangerous D, you know, dangerous D talking about hey, you wanted Kendra Lust, he didn't get to see her last time he was here. They weren't working at the time. We got Maddie talking about she's got boils because it's too hot walking over to get Starbucks coffee, and then we happen to have Nicky Knuckles come on here talking about some bullshit about Conor McGregor losing to you know Nate, and then we got Maddie Ice out there. No one even knows if he speaks English. He's behind the glass. We never see him, but he's the guy that makes it. He's the guy that makes the, the the social media go. So I'm giving Matt a shout out there, even though no one else in this room does okay that's how important these guys are to us but you know maddie with the boil she's gonna be all right we put a little <laughs> butter on it and so she's she's walking she's walking good now she's good america she's good she's good and uh nikki knuckles i tell you what man th- you know those are the kind of times you wish he had a dog collar so anytime Aww. someone says something crazy like he just said nate diaz he's nate diaz is the greatest uh, nate shock his ass uh, like a little like uh, I'll break out of that kind of like, cement listen, in his shoes. Listen, first of all, first of all, first of all, Nicky comes in with a new hairstyle. Didn't think I noticed, okay? Don't think I yeah. didn't notice that, Nick. I see you, son. Trimming it him. up. He trimmed it up, yeah, I see I him. Like he's going into the Marines. So you, I see <laughs> it. Oh, so you bought a lawnmower? <laughs> <laughs> Three easy payments. <laughs> he, he's over there. He's over there with his, he got a little cute little hairstyle over there looking all cute. I wish we could see it in America. He's he behind can the scene. In front of the yeah, in right in the camera. camera. Oh, there it is, right yeah. there. There it is. See his fades? Yeah, see how it blends in? That looks nice over there. It looks like Stevie Wonder cut it. But I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about that, America. Mark, we're off the trails. Mark, we're off the Get us on. We're on the track.
3: Hey, episode 89 was a lot of fun, even it though was. At the end of it uh, we can't describe what happened there. Wanna thank oh, somebody everybody? Somebody just
2: said they want to see Maddie's boils. We can't show that right now, <laughs> no, America. That's, my we can't show that. You don't want to see that right now. You will not eat the rest of the night. Trust me on that one. Yeah, you don't want to see that. <laughs> no, we love Maddie. Maddie's our producer. She does a great job. So,
3: Eric, what you think? You have
4: fun? I did. I wish I would have had more time to prepare, but... <laughs> Come on, man. You're
2: a <laughs> king. There ain't king. no prepare for
4: no prepare. Next you have time. fun. Yeah. Next no, time. it was fun. It was fun.
2: All right. I think you're time, under-
4: uh, listening to a full podcast, so I think I'll listen to the rest. Yes. Okay. Don't. Ask what for, an no, endorsement! Don't ask for, don't ask for payment.
3: He kind of likes the hot sauce, and he might listen to another episode. <laughs> no, I love the
4: hot
2: sauce. The, the oh, five the, the okay. spicy yeah, ones too spicy. The hot one. one is too hot for him. Yeah, okay. My endurance uh, starts to. Melt, dangerous man. D's over there talking about he he tried the hot sauce. Uh, he talking about it wasn't hot. Then he got his tongue burned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got blisters on his tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boils. Yeah. Yeah. Got boils on his tongue. <laughs> You know, he tried to say it wasn't from eating the hot sauce. (gasps) right, we're off the trail. Hey, D, play play the music. (laughs) music. Get us out
3: of here. We're getting out of here. It's Comedy (laughs) Hour, America. (laughs) Come home (laughs) safely.